educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to Monday. Hope it's not a sleep-deprived Monday for you with this time change. Uh, but welcome aboard. We're so delighted you chose to tune us in on uh, Monday, November 6th at... Uh, 509 in the afternoon. Educate, inform, entertain. Let's do all of that. Let's build up instead of tear down, shall we? Uh, truth over tribalism, principles over partisanship uh, every darn day uh, right here. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and the Facebook page, and you may get a glimpse of uh, what we got going uh, today, if you if you tuned in earlier on one of those social media platforms. But uh, if we go any further, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Dan, I am ready to be educated and entertained, but I want to inform you that today was a sleep-deprived day because of this time change. <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I'm always in a good mood when I'm here. I was gone Friday, so this is my return, and then I wasn't even working over the weekend like I normally do for broadcast house so uh so you, i'm refreshed and ready to go just also sleep deprived due to this time change <laughs> you know i did all right i uh i don't know why but uh yeah i was up bright and early at the same time i usually do now i see how i'll, I'll do tonight if i run out of I was, steam. I was still up at the same early time this morning but uh it took more of a toll on me today than it normally does. It, you know, it's just a silly thing. I, I think like most people, let's, let's just decide to leave it one way or the other and not go through this rigmarole every, uh, uh, twice a year. But anyway, um, you know, that's, hey, if somebody wants to hire a good PR guy to, to mount that campaign, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be on board. But, uh, well, uh, Yes. Yeah, we had fun uh, without you again on Friday. Uh, Danielle, Senator Danielle Conrad was my guest co-host on Friday. We had a delightful time. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear. But <laughs> I was I was so excited and happy to tell you, and I might as well tell the listeners, that after a three-week hiatus, I'm back this Friday. Yay! I'm finally back for Friday Yay! Afternoon Club, so I can't wait. All right. Well, we'll keep you posted on what we have lined up in the rest of the week as well. Well, uh, joining us on phone lines like he does every Monday, Mr. Matthew Hansen, editor of your Flatwater Free Press. Matthew, hello. Hey, Dan. How's uh, how's everything in your shop? Uh, it's great. I'm actually in uh, uh, my brother's uh, pickup. We just crossed the plot. We're headed to Lincoln. Hey, all I was, right. I want to ask: Are you are you adjusted to this time change already? I am. I mean, I definitely have noticed with age that <laughs> you know the idea of sleeping in, like getting an extra hour of sleep on that day, used to really appeal to me. And now I just wake up at the same stupid early time. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, no, I'm grouchy. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. But, um, but it's Husker basketball season. It's oh, the important uh, upshot of this. Yeah, so we got a red on. We're we're headed we're headed to Lincoln. For nice, that nice, nice. Yeah, I noticed a lot of activity. Uh, my parking garage was full, and uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get this season started. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, I wanted to mention before we get into the story uh, that I have my Yangshi. Uh, t-shirt uh, oh nice yeah uh, and i ordered two and i gave one away so um <laughs> cool. because it just doesn't end i mean uh your alma mater the daily nebraskan had a uh a, a very 
powerful editorial on Friday. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. I did. And it's very, it's very nice to see people continuing to stand up both, you know, both other publications and reporters and also just people I run into on the street. A lady at the gym the other day was talking to me about this and, and how uh, wrong um, she, she thought it was. Um, it, it, it's just really, it's cool to see all the support for Yenshi and Yenshi definitely deserves it. Well, and, and so I wore this t-shirt to a, um, uh, a, a food gathering, uh, Friday night, a bunch of, a bunch of people from uh, Fuse co-working in a broader community. And, and there were some younger people there. Well, <laughs> there was a lot of people younger there than me. They're younger than me, but specifically there were uh, some teens, uh, female teens, and they knew exactly who the t-shirt was uh, was wow. honoring, and so I had this delightful conversation with the twelve year old, uh, <laughs> and it was I was just blown away. And uh, so anyway, people are are noticing. So keep up the good work. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, let's introduce this story. And I know Sarah's on the other line. Sarah, uh, welcome to the dance. Sarah Gensler, uh, reporter for Flatwater Free Press. Sarah, Sarah, welcome aboard. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Matthew, you want to do the honors of uh, introducing this story that Sarah and Natalia Amadari uh, teed up uh, last week? Yeah, you bet. I mean, we thought this was an important story about how uh, public money is spent, um, how taxpayer uh, money is spent. Um, and so I was really glad that we were able to get this, uh, get our hands, Sarah was able to get her hands on this uh, this memo that, that lays out uh, you know, some uh, alleged budgetary problems at the University of Nebraska at Omaha when when Trev Roberts was the athletic director. So I'll let Sarah take it from here. But uh, you know, I mean, this is what Sarah does. She's a great reporter, and I think she did a really nice uh, job on the story. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, uh, drive safe, go big red, and uh, yeah, uh, thanks so much as always. Thanks, Dan. Okay, take care. Sarah Gensler, uh, reporter uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> the uh, the deep state reporter. That's uh, maybe that's a maybe that's our next t-shirt. <laughs> deep state reporter. Um but no, your your investigative work uh, is again paid off and and I'll just uh, uh read the headline here and the lead um, from uh, last week's uh Flatwater Free Press. And remember, folks, if you're not signed up for Matthew's uh, weekly newsletter where he highlights uh, uh, all their stories that they work on, uh, you can do that for free at flatwaterfreepress.org. And uh, Sarah Gensler's and Natalia Amadari's story <clears throat> memo, UNO athletics lacked fiscal discipline, needed cash infusions, while led by Trav Alberts. And uh, your lead, a historical lack of fiscal discipline, a lack of monitoring of projected budgets, funds inappropriate, in, improperly disguised as revenue alongside an allegation that donors and university leaders were misled on financial details. In the second graph, an internal memo uh, doesn't mince words, you wrote. The University of Nebraska at Omaha's athletic department finances remain in precarious in a precarious state, uh, and they have been for years, the six-page memo alleges, and most of it occurred under the leadership of Trev Alberts, now the University of Nebraska Lincoln Athletic Director. So, Sarah, I'm curious, uh, mm -hmm. how did you 
how did you find this story? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, really following a tip. Um, and then from there, putting in that records request, working with the Office of General Counsel to identify what I was looking for. Um, and they, you know, they followed the law and they gave it to us, which is great. That's, you know, that's nice. Always, that's progress, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not always that smooth. Um, but they, yeah, they... They gave us a document last week, and we dug into it. Nice. And tell us, uh, we had a break here in just a minute or so, but uh, yeah. so tell our listeners, uh, kind of recap what you found. Sure. I mean, a lot of what you just said really sums it up, but it's essentially, you know, a couple of the details that I would highlight um, is that there were three big infusions of money that wasn't part of the budget originally from the university. Um over the years, it's 2016, 2017, 2022. That includes a $7 million um, infusion of federal COVID-19 aid money. Then, and none of that uh, pulled the pulled the department out of the red. But we can dig in more. Yeah. After the after the break. You bet, Sarah. Thank you. Hey, you know the routine now. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let's take this quick break. Yeah, let's take this quick break, and we'll come back with Sarah Gensler. Hold on. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN, and welcome back to the Monday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Where uh, hopefully you're not too sleep deprived after this time change, and boy, just another beautiful day of weather here in the capital city and we've got uh, basketball going on down at uh, pba uh, university uh, is doing some exhibition matches uh, today and uh, so yeah it's feeling like fall and and we know what's coming next so anyway uh, glad you could join us uh, and as we do every uh, monday we highlight stories uh, from flatwater free press uh, the state's uh, very first nonprofit newsroom. We're chatting with Sarah Gensler, uh, an investigative reporter for Flatwater. And, and if you want to read Sarah's work and the other great work that uh, you can find that at flatwaterfreepress.org, no paywalls. Uh, they'll take your contribution because they are nonprofit. But uh, uh, yeah, I encourage you to jump on there if you're not and sign up for their newsletter. But Sarah, we're talking about this uh, story that you and Natalia uh, wrote about uh, UNO mm-hmm. athletics and the questions that are uh, being raised about an internal memo that you got your hands on uh, that leads some questions about uh, uh, some of the financing. So please continue. Well, sure. I thought I want to talk a little bit more about what the memo is. And I will say too, that the memo itself is available as a, I think, a PDF in the story online. Uh, so if people want to just read it for themselves, that is an option. Um, it's essentially just looking at the last several years of finances at UNO uh, and summing up some of the the situation around it. Uh, so it kind of paints a timeline a little bit of uh, of some of the allegations that are part of the analysis. So... I had mentioned a couple of those before the break. Do you want me to, to yeah, talk about please. those again? Or do you yeah, think? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think if you jump right to the conclusions of the memo, I think that kind of sums up uh, much of what's in the story. But um, let's see. It says uh, there were several factors that contributed to the fact that the um, that the department currently with its student fees and from the university and projected revenues 
doesn't have enough to for a balanced budget into the future. Um, and part of that that I think is really the focus of this memo is this histor- This is a quote, a historical lack of fiscal discipline by athletics with respect to the development of an accurate and realistic operating budget, um, a lack of monitoring a projected operating budget against real-time results. Um, there's just, there's a lot in here, um, but I think those are a couple of things that are easy to understand and um, important to the story. And you reached out as a good reporter that you are uh, to UNO, and um, they weren't real uh, anxious to talk to you, uh, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had I had a lot of questions about this memo. I would love some additional context or anything that they can do to clarify. Like there, and specifically, there's a section of the memo that talks about um, quote unquote disguising a particular source as revenue, which is an improper use of the funds and an allegation that donors and university leaders were misled on those uh, details. And that's something like I really was hoping for help understanding and uh, any additional information that they wanted to provide. Uh, So along those lines, questions like that, we just didn't really get answers. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, I, I definitely would still like those answers. But that's, um, at least for the story, we didn't get them. We did get a statement, though, from Chancellor Lee and Athletic Director Dowell, who's now, that, who's now um, in Trev Albert's old position at UNL. Uh, and that, I'm not sure exactly uh, what exactly they said, but essentially just kind of moving forward from and, and saying that this is a good, uh, this is a common practice, you know, to evaluate the finances. Kind of boiler. Not a lot of specifics. Those of us in public relations, Sarah, would call that just kind of a boilerplate response. Uh, um, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, give you a statement, but don't uh, answer your phone calls or texts and uh, or emails to answer uh, questions. Uh, to give credit, uh, University of Nebraska President Ted Carter and the University of Nebraska Board of Regents uh, chair and vice chair did issue statements uh, strongly supporting mm-hmm. Alberts. Uh, yeah, they did. And Trev also, uh, he declined an interview request, but he did email a statement to you and it acknowledged yeah. uh, the difficult decisions made while at UNO. Uh, and so, you know, that's, again, um, <clears throat> maybe a B-plus uh, for responding. Uh, uh, but again, the, the, the heart of the story is uh, UNO and that memo. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's what's unfortunate is th- those questions uh, it you know these are unforced errors as I like to say I mean uh, they wrote the memo and uh, it's now a public yeah. document and, and has always been a public document uh, because mm-hmm. they're a public university and so it's unfortunate that even now because uh, your story appeared was it Thursday I believe when it first appeared I see or what, I even earlier maybe Wednesday it might have been Wednesday afternoon yeah, yeah. um I want to say yeah. Yeah. And so there's been several days now uh, for them to respond. And, uh, you know, it's a public institution. Uh, they need to own it and, and explain it. But uh, but again, thanks to Flatwater Free Press and good investigative journalism to uh, to unveil uh, these these troubling uh, situation where uh, internally they were suggesting and not suggesting, saying that they were disguising uh, donor money uh, to fit whatever scenario that they were uh, trying to accomplish. 
Well, hopefully there's still a potential for an interview or, or answers to come. Who knows? Um, I will, I will remain hopeful despite <laughs> um, my, my experience as an investigative reporter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason we want to amplify these stories, Sarah, is because, you know, let's, uh, let's turn up the heat a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a dog in this hunt other than good journalism. And uh, that's what you guys are producing. And I think are, you know, holding people in power accountable and uh, so, again, we're going to continue to do that, and I know you're going to continue to uh, to do that. So uh, so what's next? Any any other hot uh, tips you want to give us before uh, before we say goodbye here on on this Monday that you're working on? Well, if I told you, I don't know if I'd be a very good investigative <laughs> reporter, but they can send people can send me tips. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh, and, and remind our listeners. That. Yeah. And they can find you by going to the website on flatwaterfreepress.org. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And then I think the website or the email is tips at flatwaterfreepress.org or uh, that's an easy one to remember. Easier than spelling my name. So. <laughs> Very good, Sarah. Well, Sarah Gensler, thank you for your work. Thanks for taking time to to join us here on the show, and and we'll keep uh, we'll keep looking and watching and and uh, highlighting good journalism. Appreciate it very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Sarah. Have a good evening. You too. Okay. Bye. Take care. Uh, well, folks, uh, that's uh, Sarah Gensler, and uh, before that, uh, Matthew Hansen, editor, and uh, Sarah's a reporter for Flatwater Free Press. Uh, we do. We appreciate uh, their taking time every Monday to to come on and talk about some of the issues that they're working on. Because, um, yeah, this is important to hold public institutions. Uh, people in power accountable and uh, so yeah we'll continue to highlight those stories and and remember you can uh, follow those stories as well flatwaterfreepress.org and um, yeah I'm going to highlight some stories uh, from our other uh, nonprofit uh, newsroom here in the state Nebraska Examiner and we're working to uh, to get those folks on on a regular basis as well because uh, yeah uh, this is what we're going to continue to do here is to build up and uh, uh, truth over tribalism and try to uh, uh, be able to uh, bring these stories that are so important to our state and our community to your attention and, and highlight them. So, uh, you know, local journalism is, is so important, and that's what uh, we do every darn day here. Well, uh, we're coming up on the break already. My goodness, how fast time goes. Uh, so enjoy this news break and come back and join us uh, after the news and these messages on 1499.3 KLIN. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Monday edition uh, whatever you're doing on this lovely fall afternoon, it's 5.36 on Monday, November um, 6th. And, uh, yeah, my thanks to uh, Flatwater Free Press editor Matthew Hansen and reporter Sarah Gensler um, for jumping in, and uh, as they always do, as Matthew always does on Mondays, uh, to talk about uh, what I want to talk about at their uh, report. If you're not familiar with the routine now, I, I start looking at uh, what Matthew and his reporters are doing about uh, 
about midweek, certainly by Thursday when Matthew gets his um, newsletter out the door. And so we text back and forth and talk about what stories that uh, I'm interested in and what I think you would be interested in. That's most important to me is what I think you might be interested in and and uh, the stories that don't always have to do with Lincoln or Lancaster County, but uh, uh, certainly about Nebraska and they cover the whole state. And uh, so anyway, I just really appreciate uh, their willingness to come on every week and talk about these stories that, you know, journalism is so important to our community, to our state, to our country. And, um, and th- this new form of journalism, uh, a nonprofit newsroom, uh, they're able to, uh, you know, there's not a paywall. You don't have to pay for the news. And uh, uh, they take donations because that's how they survive uh, as a nonprofit. But uh, so anyway, my thanks to them for, for jumping in. Educate, inform, entertain. That's what we try to do here every stinking day of the week. And uh, let me just tell you, if you missed uh, our conversation with Matthew and Sarah about the, uh, this internal memo, memo uh, of UNL, UNO Athletics, um, you can catch that anytime you like on your favorite podcast. Uh, and uh, Or just go to KLIN.com and go to the Dan Parsons page and scroll down and find what you're looking for. Johnny always has... The show up uh, just moments after we finish up here at 6 o'clock every evening. So uh, if you miss it, you can always go back and, and find that. And you may wonder why I, here's a real-life example. You may wonder why I often talk about and encourage you if you miss the live version. Of course, we want you to listen live, and I know uh, so many of you do on your commute home. But I'll just give you another example of why that's so important. Uh, and, and some of it's demographics and some of it's just our lifestyle. Uh, but I was at an event I mentioned earlier. I was at a, a dinner event uh, with a bunch of people the other night on Friday night and uh, talking about uh, the Flatwater Free Press reporter that, uh, uh, that the governor called a communist in. Uh, and Yang Shi actually, Flatwater has T-shirts now, Team Yang Shi. And... and uh, and and the people at that event uh, were, uh, you know, they were under fifty. Let's put it that way. And a lot of them were under forty. And uh, but people knew about that story from listening to this broadcast, uh, primarily. And uh, but they don't listen live. I had a number of people uh, ask me uh, how they can listen to the show, and uh, they don't listen to live radio there's just just not in their dna that's just not something that they do and and so i know that there's a population out there because we've gotten conditioned uh as an on-demand culture as an on-demand society we've uh whether it's uh, ordering uh, takeout food uh, by an app or uh all of the uh entertainment options we have with music and uh, uh television shows uh, they're you know we're driven by on-demand um, uh, consumption of those, and radio's no different. And so, anyway, I, I just wanted to point out, and I went back and looked. Uh, we just got our October uh, numbers in on, on the podcast, and so I, I'm able to see the station tracks, uh, how many downloads and how many people are listening uh, to podcasts in addition to the live broadcast. And, you know, uh, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you uh, who either maybe miss something or want to hear it again and you have it on uh, on your podcast and so i just wanted to to thank you for that and um uh, and continue to do that i think it's important to 
to broaden our audience for those people who maybe don't have the opportunity at 5 o'clock to listen to the show, but they uh, uh, can catch us anytime they like on demand. So anyway, just wanted to point that out, and thank you for doing that. Uh, well, here's some of the other headlines that I'm following today. Uh, of course, The Good Life Havesy uh, was uh, yesterday uh, in down well in Lincoln. Uh, they finished, I don't know if they finished or started downtown. Anyway, I saw a bunch of people uh, downtown yesterday, and it was just such a beautiful day for that, and record numbers uh, for that event uh, here in Lincoln. And so, uh, again, just a wonderful local event that uh, that we have um, on on uh, here in Lincoln. Uh, and uh, uh, here's, <clears throat> speaking of nonprofit newsroom, uh, here's another uh, story that caught my eye today uh, from our friends at Nebraska Examiner, uh, the other nonprofit newsroom. Uh, if you've, you've probably heard me talk that uh, they've been around for, Almost as long as Flatwater Free Press. Flatwater was first, uh, but Nebraska Examiner uh, was second uh, just a couple years ago. And so uh, Aaron Sandiford, who's been on the program uh, before, Aaron uh, had a story uh, just today uh, about uh, the headline is Different Special Prosecutor Appointed in Alleged Nebraska GOP Break-In. The subhead first appointee got new job as defense attorney with state agency. And so uh, I know people have been following this story uh, through, you know, way back in uh, 2022. But a special, here's the, the lead of Aaron's story. A new special prosecutor is reviewing the police probe into an alleged break-in during the 2022 transition between the old and new leadership teams at the Nebraska Republican Party. Uh, Lincoln lawyer Ryan Swarhoff, a former prosecutor in Lancaster County and formerly with the Nebraska Attorney General's office, was tapped to replace Special Prosecutor uh, Tim Norlinger. Norlinger, a registered Republican, Aaron writes, uh, filed, a, uh, filed a court form seeking his replacement in the GOP probe on October 8th, Lancaster District uh, Judge Andrew Jacobson appointed Swaroff, a Democrat. Uh, and so if you're not familiar with the story, um, uh, the Nebraska GOP officials uh, did not have uh, immediate comment on this, uh, but the the new state GOP uh, filed a police report in the summer of 2022, uh, and so there was a change of leadership in the Nebraska Republican Party. And so the new state leadership filed a police report in the summer of 2022 alleging a July uh, a loss uh, in that incident, a loss of about $1,000 in property and data from the downtown Lincoln headquarters of the state party. Uh, and items listed as missing included security cameras, physical and digital files, uh, and the new team feared sabotage. Many people tied to the old regime, resigned, quit or, re or were replaced. And so then in August of last year, uh, Lincoln police determined that no crime was committed during the incident, which happened shortly after a new group took over the GOP from one tied to former Governor Pete Ricketts. Uh, and uh, the new regime of the party uh, hired a private investigator, Tom Nesbitt, who's former uh, head of the state patrol, uh, and they said during a state GOP meeting uh, earlier this year 
that he disagreed with the Lincoln Police Investigator's determination and said that he had gathered and shared evidence. Uh, and uh, Mr. Nesbitt alleged that not all of the missing data in the files were returned, uh, and he and the Nebraska GOP Chairman Eric Underwood described difficulties assessing computer data and security footage. Um, uh, so people tied to the former GOP leadership team had said they kept items owned by the campaign, including personal financial information on some campaign donors. Um, and so now this new special cross prosecutor, excuse me, is trying to figure out what happened. Uh, one whose law firm bio says she previously prosecuted white collar crimes and corruption. So. There's a new sheriff in town uh, to investigate uh, this uh, break-in of the alleged break-in of the uh, state GOP headquarters uh, back in 2022 when they had a new new leadership of the party. So anyway, Aaron is following, Aaron Sandiford from the Nebraska Examiner uh, is following that story. And uh, so that's new on the Nebraska Examiner today. So anyway, we'll keep track of that story and, and let you know how that uh, goes along. So, uh, the other uh, some of the other stories uh, that we're following uh, on Nebraska Examiner includes um, uh, uh, the uh, story about uh, in in uh, a garing farmer uh, was sentenced to prison in order to pay. Uh, five million dollars in restitution of Gary, Nebraska, is uh, way out in the fa- uh, in the Panhandle. Uh, but a Gary, and this is uh, by Paul uh, Hamill, a Gary farmer has been sentenced to 36 months in prison and and to pay and ordered to pay more than five million dollars in restitution for defrauding a local bank over several years. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, U.S. District Judge uh, John Gerard sentenced the, this person to prison and to pay $5 million in restitution to the bank. Uh, and so that's a story from out in western Nebraska. And uh doesn't have a lot to do now that I read the story with Lincoln. But anyway, uh, there's another example of, uh, of good journalism that uh, Nebraska Examiner is, is doing. Well, uh, come back. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the new Trump polling uh, that's out uh, because we're keeping track of this uh, presidential race. And there's some new polling out uh, just uh, yesterday that I want to talk about. So come on back, and we'll finish up here uh, on the station. And so here's some messages. Come right back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're delighted you stuck around. And, uh, yeah, this uh, uh, this show is all about uh, accuracy. And I just had a caller uh, asking <clears throat> uh, the exact quote uh, that the governor uh, had about Yang Shi, the reporter uh, for Flatwater Free Press. And I'll go back and look exactly how he said that. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, uh, he said he, he's, and I can't find it right now. He said she was from communist. All you need to know is she's from communist China. And the caller challenged me. Did he call her a communist? Well, <clears throat> he said she was from communist China. So, uh, that's the quote. She's from all you need to know is she's from communist China. Uh, did he call her a communist? 
uh, he said she was from communist China. I guess uh, technically he didn't. Well, I don't know. Uh, he didn't say. I don't know. He said she was from. All you need to know, she's from communist China. So anyway, uh, if if uh, if that's not calling someone a communist, then I stand corrected. Um, but the quote is, uh, "All you need to know is she's from communist China." So I'll try to do a better job of being accurate uh, in that uh, in that phrasing. But anyway, I think we're mincing words. I think this. I think it's the same thing. Uh, pointing out that uh, because not everyone uh, that comes from China. Anyway, the the point of the story has been and continues to be. Um, is it appropriate for us to point out uh, anyone's origin? And what is the purpose of us pointing out someone's origin, whether it's the color of their skin, where they were born, uh, you know, what government uh, they lived under? Uh, but this person, you know, some people have even suggested that she's a spy uh, because she came from communist China. And I, I, so that's the uproar. Uh, I do have a, uh, from a production standpoint, Dan, I have a question for you. Uh, The day we released this story, you had me play a sound clip. Yeah. Um, And I remember him, I remember the sound clip vaguely where, you know, he he said the the most he was going to comment on it. Do you remember if that was part of that sound clip? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I have that pulled up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. There. Let's not guess of what the governor said. Let's play it. And Johnny's working on it. Um, uh, the World Herald carried a flat water free press story. Big Sunday spread about about potential uh, about nitrate pollution in waters. And of course, you are the focus of it since you're the governor sure. and all of that. Do you want to comment on that? Um, uh, because if you read, if you took the time to read through the whole thing, uh, it doesn't look to me. Uh, like there's anything really new there, and I wondered about the I wondered about the reason for that report. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, number one, I didn't read it, and I won't. And number two, all you got to do is look at the author. Authors from Communist China. What more do you need to know? Yeah. Okay, there you go, Johnny. Thank you very much. So that yeah, what more do you need to know? She's from Communist China. So there's the accurate from his lips <laughs> onto the radio. Uh, thanks, Johnny, for being on the spot for that. Of uh, course. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's the quote. You can interpret, I guess, uh, what the governor meant by that uh, any way you want. But yes, to be totally accurate, he didn't say she's a communist. He just pointed out she's from Communist China. Um, anyway, uh, here we are still talking about it all these weeks later, and uh, I, I just think it's an unforced error. I think it's unfortunate, and um, yeah, and like I said, the reason I brought it up again today was um, uh, Flatwater to, re- to respect and support their journalist. Uh, they invested in uh, some T-shirts. Uh, for this reporter to support this reporter who has spent her uh, entire adult life in journalism has a master's degree in journalism from one of the most prestigious journalism schools in America 
uh, and has been a reporter, one of the very first reporters that uh, Flatwater hired. Uh, she was in high demand because of her uh, of her uh, education and ability to uh, to write and investigative uh, uh, stories, and so it was one of the very first. Uh, uh, hires by Flatwater Free Press, Matt Wynn uh, and uh, Matthew Hansen, and uh, so anyway, that's why I talked about it again today. It was because uh, these T-shirts are uh, becoming very popular of Team Yangshi, and uh, as I said, there was a 12-year-old young woman at this uh, dinner party I was at uh, the other night who knew who Yangshi was and my T-shirt, and uh, started talking to me about it. Um, a very independent uh strong young woman at 12 years old uh and she was inspired uh, by this journalist and uh and uh, just on friday uh the daily nebraskan wrote a uh, editorial about this uh, incident and so uh, and here we are still talking about it on the dan parsons show all these weeks later so um anyway uh, enough of that. I was going to uh, mention uh, that there is new polling out on the presidential uh, race. Uh, the Times-Siena poll uh, that came out uh, just yesterday, and uh, it shows President Biden trailing uh, Donald J. Trump in five of the six most important battleground states one year before the 2024 election. Uh, a new poll by the New York Times and Siena College has found. And the, the takeaways from that poll, uh, and here are the battleground states uh, that they uh, polled. Because, you know, as polls, and let me just qualify this by saying polls don't mean squat, you know, from this poll. Well, they they do mean something, but uh, to, to extrapolate, extrapolate what this poll means today literally one year from today is the election boys and girls uh or excuse me tomorrow one year from tomorrow november 7th will be uh the election um so yeah it's a snapshot but you know us political nerds we get into these snapshots so here's what uh, it showed in nevada trump has a 10-point lead over biden uh in georgia trump has a six-point lead over biden in Arizona, a five-point lead. In Michigan, a five-point lead. In Pennsylvania, a four-point lead. Uh, in Wisconsin, Biden has a two-point lead. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, I've, I've said, Johnny and I have a banana bet that Donald Trump, and we've had this bet for a long time, Johnny, that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee uh, for president uh, next year. And... Uh, and so, you know, I've I've not shied away from um, my suggestions that uh, uh, that he's going to get the nomination. And now there's polling to show in some of these battleground states uh, that he actually has a lead uh, over President Biden. So anyway, we will continue because it is such an important election year. Uh, we'll continue to keep track of that. Well, hey. Thanks for hanging out with me on a Monday, and and it's dark outside already. Uh, But anyway, uh, thanks again to Matthew Hansen, uh, editor of Flatwater Free Press, and Sarah Gensler. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.